Good morning and welcome to the Lakers Lowdown. I'm Anthony Irwin. Today on the show, the Lakers are still kind of poking and prodding around the trade conversations around the league. Unfortunately, nobody is poking nor prodding (laughs) the Lakers for one of their, well, the biggest contract. Uh, And then we do have Eric Pincus for Bleacher Report broke down how it is the Lakers might be able to keep uh, Malik Monk past this season. And it made me more optimistic, even though I'm not necessarily terribly optimistic about it, but more optimistic than I've been at any point so far this season. So let's get to that, plus the big announcement that I told you all about yesterday. You know what? Let's actually start with that big announcement. It's not its not huge, nothing gigantic uh, compared to the, some of the other announcements that we've made over the course of, of doing all of this. But um, one thing that I've really missed since coming over here to Silver Skin and Roll is the back and forth dynamic with you guys. And so with that said... Uh, One thing that I used to really enjoy doing every week was opening up the old iTunes mailbag and answering your guys' questions. It helps the show because of the the five-star ratings, and then it helps, I think, the content because, you know, I think I have pretty good instincts for what we can talk about on a daily basis, but sometimes some things go uncovered. So if you have anything that you want covered on this show uh, in various formats, I am going to start recording a completely separate show here on this feed uh, called the Mailbag Monday Show. It's going to be recorded on Mondays, uh, and it's going to normally the uh, Anthony Irwin show runs on Mondays. It's going to run side by side with that and the lowdown. So it's just going to be another show per week, so long as those questions start and keep rolling in. Uh, and it is going to be solely based on the questions that y'all ask in the iTunes reviews. Again, If you want something covered here on this show or on that show, on the Mailbag Monday show, it is going to be only the questions that we get in iTunes that get answered. Uh, So we're going to let that kind of build up. Hopefully from now to next Monday, we'll get a few questions. And so long as those questions start rolling in, that'll be something that we do every single week. And, And it'll just be as long as it has to be to answer those questions. Okay, we got it? Cool. All right, so the other news here for uh, worth talking about here for the Lakers is, look, Malik Monk has been a godsend, quite frankly. Uh, he, you know, he's, he's had some bad games. I thought the last game against Memphis, he was really, really bad on both sides of the ball. But uh, overall especially when you consider he's making uh you know a shade over or shade under 2 million dollars a year this is somebody who is one of those rare i think wow i can't believe the lakers got that guy at the at that price type players uh i know there were a lot of there was a lot of holy crap i can't believe the lakers got kent bazemore and i can't believe they got trevor ariza at the at the numbers that they got those guys um, Wayne Ellington, I think, is a minimum player, and, and that was about on average. Uh, DeAndre Jordan is overpaid. but So I think for, for Monk, though, he, to me, symbolized a real wild card. He was somebody who I could see not really getting much of a role, 
And but he also has the talent and and is the kind of player who would fit really well alongside some of the guys that the Lakers have. So so far this season, he has done that so well, in fact, that I'm not sure they're going to be able to afford him this upcoming offseason. Uh, if, however, he and the Lakers can get on the same page heading into this offseason, this is what Eric Pincus wrote for Bleacher Report. The 23-year-old guard signed a minimum contract with the Lakers after the Charlotte Hornets chose not to make Monk a restricted free agent. The Lakers may have gotten a steal with Monk on a one-year deal at just $1.8 million, but it may mean his stay in Los Angeles is short. The team will have Monk's non-bird rights, which can pay up to $2.15 million next July. If he continues to break out, that won't be enough. Agree, Eric. What may help the Lakers... The 2022 offseason projects to be the tightest in recent memory. Only four teams project to have substantial cap space. The Orlando Magic, San Antonio Spurs, Memphis Grizzlies, and Pistons. Those franchises may not prioritize Monk, but much of the league will have the non-taxpayer mid-level exception at a shade over $10 bucks a year. The Lakers might have to use their own NTMLE to pay Monk, but that produces another problem. If a team uses its NTMLE, it locks in a hard cap for the next season. That would limit the Lakers to a total payroll of about $152 million. The Lakers will climb well above that if Russell Westbrook, he's going to, opts into his final year of $47.1 million. With Monk at $10.1 million, the Lakers would re- easily reach an illegal $165 million. While the equation would shift if Westbrook opts out, that's a significant long shot as is probably trading uh, Russell Westbrook. Instead, the Lakers should be limited to their taxpayer mid-level exception at about $6.2 million, which would not trigger a hard cap. At that price, Monk may not want to lock in a long-term deal to hit free agency again in 2023. At that point, the Lakers would have Monk's early bird rights and the ability to start his next contract in the $11 million range uh, for at least two to four years. Players who are making around there this year, Reggie Jackson, um, is is signed a two-year, twenty-one point six million dollars uh, last season via early bird rights. So, you know, there's an avenue, right? And I think the key points to take away from that is the few number of teams that are going to have cap space, because you know, if you if you're sitting there with limited cap space or any cap space. And you have another kind of buy low candidate, Malik Monk, that you could keep around while he continues to figure out his his role in this league. Then that might be a way to use your cap space. But if you look at the teams that are listed there, so you have the uh, Orlando Magic. I don't see a fit for Monk in Orlando, uh, just because they, you know, they're 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 so young. Why would you use cap space on another player who doesn't really? fit your timeline, nor is he the kind of veteran presence that helps your kids along. San Antonio Spurs, maybe, but they're already pretty uh, swamped in the backcourt unless they make a move. And again, like, is Monk the kind of player that puts you over the top? Probably not. Memphis, they already have John Morant. They have uh, Desmond Bain. They have, uh, you, you could maybe add Monk into that group. And he does kind of fit with their like swashbuckling kind of presence out there, but I again, I, is that like is Malik Monk the guy that you're gonna use precious cap space on if you're the Memphis Grizzlies? Again, probably not. 
and the Detroit Pistons, who might do something like that. But again, I they just drafted Cade Cunningham. They're still trying to figure out like where they actually stand. And if you don't know where you stand and you're using cap space on a player who just showed he can help teams win now, that I don't know if that's necessarily the right call there for them either. Now, the the exceptions, that's a different thing altogether. If a team is cool with hard capping itself to pay Malik Monk around $10 million bucks a year, I could maybe see that. You know, he's been that kind of good this year. If not, though, the Lakers want to use their uh, their smaller exception that doesn't require yourself to be hard capped. Or, by the way, if the Lakers are able to move Russell Westbrook, uh, and and you know you don't have so much of your cap devoted to your backcourt, then yeah, I'm fine with hard capping the Lakers at, at 152. I really try to prefer not to, but I can think of one person in the Lakers organization who who might want to hard cap the team. But uh, the the option of 6.2 million. So for Monk, does he look at the Lakers and say and have any kind of loyalty for? potentially really extending his career. If so, maybe they can agree on that $6.2 million mid-level exception number, and he plays out the another year with that. If he plays well enough, the Lakers, I think, will happily pay him around $11 bucks, just like the Clippers did with Reggie Jackson. And if he plays well enough after that, especially having kind of gambled on himself twice— then I could see another team being, all right, that wasn't a fluke. That wasn't just him playing uh, for a contract and and alongside a whole bunch of other guys who maybe shouldn't be on NBA teams. Uh, maybe the, the rest of the league really kind of takes a harder look at him. And that, by the way, is, is kind of an underrated factor here. When you play on a minimum contract, a lot of times the league kind of altogether agrees, okay, that player is just a minimum contract player from from here on out. That's why some players kind of would prefer not to get bought out during buyout season because it can sometimes lead to getting pigeonholed into just being a, a vet men type player from there from that point forward. So and and Aaron and I have talked a lot about, you know, the the league being slow to recover or adjust to new reputations based on the other stuff. And, and Monk, you know, if, if you're being basically escorted out the building, that right there is, is a reputation hit, especially by the way, if it's by Michael Jordan, <laughs> like the, the league is going to listen up to that. And so maybe the league is still kind of slow on the uptake here and the Lakers can luck into keeping Monk at 6.2 million. All that said, the other thing that needs to be pointed out here too is, well, if you have that $6.2 million exception, do you really want to use it again on a player who you already have Russell Westbrook, you already have Taylor Horton Tucker? Uh, is Do you want to use your one of your few other not veterans minimum contracts on another player who will be competing with those guys for minutes? And that's where I could understand the Lakers kind of saying, look, we really appreciate the fact that you were able to resuscitate your career here, but best of luck moving forward. We kind of sort of need have other needs, bigger needs elsewhere on the roster. So this is a whole bunch of stuff 
to say that I still am not exactly optimistic that Monk is going to be back, especially if he continues playing the way he has this year. And if he comes back, I think the Lakers will have to make a decision on either Russell Westbrook or Taylor Horton Tucker to be able to bring in some players at higher numbers than minimums elsewhere across the, the roster, and especially at wing spots. Trade rumor stuff. So here are some names that are apparently uh, continuing to be tied to the Lakers. The new one today, roughly a re- relatively new one, is Miles Turner. That is per Shams Karania. Uh, we got another report linking the Lakers to Jeremy Grant, which is kind of interesting. So I find myself kind of saying to both of those guys, you know, if I squint, I could see the fit there. The issue is, in both of those cases, I Miles Turner, I believe, and well, both of those guys you can get for Kendrick Nunn, uh, Taylor Horton Tucker, in that 2027 pick uh, that, that I'm sure those teams are going to be asking for. My only thing, again, like I said a few weeks ago, is if I'm including that 2027 pick, that better assure me a championship so far, or, or this year. And look, the Lakers just stumbled into a new identity with LeBron at center. I don't think they're going to go out and use their only few tra- uh, trade chips on a center. <laughs> so I, I think we could probably ixnay Miles Turner so long as you know they, they, they don't make a move elsewhere that, that maybe allows them to, to go out and get use, use your other assets to go out and get Turner, whatever few assets that the Lakers would, would have depending on the other move. So I, I don't think Turner is particularly realistic. Jeremy Grant continues to be interesting, but you know there, <laughs> it basically seems like half of the league is interested in Jeremy Grant right now, and that makes that price pretty steep. And while I think the Lakers can rival just about every other offer with Taylor Horton Tucker, a young up-and-coming guard who is at a decent contract number moving forward, Kendrick Nunn, who is, you know, contract fodder at this point, and that, that 2027 first, which could wind up being one of the more valuable assets across the league because that would convey after LeBron probably either retires or just leaves the Lakers. So would you, you know, for all of these teams, do you want to gamble on the Lakers not being able to figure it out after LeBron leaves? I think that's a really smart gamble, in my opinion, based on what we've seen so far. That said, if you're the Lakers, do you want to gamble on yourself? (laughs) Yeah, like LeBron, I'm sure, has no problem offering up that 2027 pick. I'm sure he's like, yeah, get rid of it. I don't care. I'm going to be retired. I want, <laughs> I'm going to be watching Bronny. Um, so if if LeBron has a lot to say about it, I'm sure he's probably pushing to include it in that trade. The Lakers as an organization, however, I would sh- I, I'd be shocked if there isn't some pushback from other corners of the organization saying, well, of course you're fine with that, but we might not be because we don't know how we're going to handle the post-LeBron years. So that's going to be really interesting to see how the inner you know the the political capital is swung one way or the other there and uh who that pick would be used on or to go out and get i don't i grant is a is a very good player i don't think he guarantees you a championship and if you are pushing the chips into the table that would mean potentially 
a post-LeBron era where you don't have almost any of your own picks, that's kind of terrifying. And I don't know if Jeremy Grant is worth that kind of gamble. And then to introduce a new segment, uh, this is a pretty simple and short one. Is anyone interested in trading for Russell Westbrook? The answer is no. Moving on. That's going to do it for this episode of the Lakers Lowdown. Uh, for some stuff to look, Cooper put together this really kind of genius, honestly, article uh, outlining the Russell Westbrook timeline meme. Uh, it is uh, so basically the, the the basis of the meme is a calendar with Russell Westbrook at the top of it and the various months and the kind of player that Russell Westbrook is over the course of that month. And I don't want to give anything away, but you're going to want to check it out. Uh, because it is it is really kind of interesting to see, you know, how consistent Russ can and has be, been, um, depending on the portion of the calendar year we're talking about. Other than that, we have a fun show for you guys lined up here in a bit. I'm going to uh, record the, the show that I told you all about yesterday with a, a good buddy of mine. So we're going to record that here in a few hours by the time you all are listening to this. Uh, The Lakers are going to be back in action. So we have that to look forward to as well on uh, Wednesday. Um, And uh, other than that, that'll do it. I'm Anthony Irwin saying have a good one.